Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 312 Podcast. We are in the city of Gloversville today with the mayor of Gloversville because HRP has done quite a bit of work with the city when it comes to brownfields. And Mayor Vince DeSantis is here to talk to us today about how the brownfields effort in Gloversville has been progressing. Uh, Mr. Mayor, can you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about your background and about the city. Yeah, um, my name is Vince DeSantis. I'm the mayor of Gloversville now. I have a a legal background. I was a a practicing attorney for many years. I was uh, the Gloversville city judge for over 20 years. Eventually got on the city council. Afterward, came the mayor. I've been uh, mayor of Gloversville for about four and a half years, and things are progressing very rapidly in that time and a little and a little bit before that with the redevelopment of the city. Gloversville is a is a is an old industrial city uh, and you can tell by its name that its product was leather gloves. Of course leather tanning was one of the tributary industries to glove manufacturing. The fact that we have so many tanneries that are now no longer in operation, those sites are, you know, left on their own they're a real brick wall between Gloversville and its future. Mm. And so what we have to do is uh, we have to get them ready for adaptive reuse to other purposes. And that's where our relationship with HRP has really borne fruit. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah, for any of you who have seen some of the other content we've done, there are some great stuff out there that we've done with the city. Uh, There's a video on HRP's YouTube channel you can check out where we get some drone footage of some of the sites. We'll be looking to get uh, an updated video out to you soon. And we're also going to be taking a little stroll down through downtown in Gloversville. Uh, in the Play Hard section of this podcast. So make sure to stick around for that and head over to our YouTube channel to uh, see what the downtown looks like. Now, Mr. Mayor, one thing I've always wondered um, about the history of Gloversville. I'm assuming it is not a coincidence that a city named Gloversville became the glove-making capital. What was the order of events in which Glove manufacturing developed here, and then the city became Gloversville. It's it's really an interesting story. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this goes way back to the beginning of the 19th century, when Gloversville was being settled right at the end of the 1700s after the Revolution, and in the the early decades of the 1800s, um, it was the village. There were there were three villages: the village of Kingsborough, McNabb Mills. And, uh, and, and the settlement on the hill, what they called the settlement on the hill. And, in, and the, 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 the center geographically between those three villages was where Gloversville developed. Mm-hmm. It sort of uh, came together. Those three villages came together to, yeah, yeah. to, to the village of Gloversville. And, and, the, and it was in 1826 uh, that the name Gloversville uh, was put on this, and 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 the, the the reason for that was that the first settlers came here uh, from from New England, mm-hmm. and um, they realized that there there was a lot of deer skins, there were a lot of uh, and the Indians taught them how to tan the deer hides, yeah, and to make leather. So uh, so because of the abundance of clean water here, uh, they started they had an overabundance of the, this tanned leather. And so they decided to start manufacturing in their homes as a cottage industry, yeah. leather apparel. Mm-hmm. And, and so they sort of focused on mittens and gloves and they sold them to uh, neighboring communities. One day, uh, a man by the name of Elijah Judson uh, piled all of these gloves and mittens on a wagon and left for Boston. Mm-hmm. And uh, several months later, he came back from Boston with $600 in cash. Okay. $600 at the time was about a year's wages. And he said to everyone, these people in Boston absolutely love our gloves. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so everyone in Gloversville realized at that time Mm -hmm. that uh, what they were doing in their barns and in their homes 
was uh, creating a very valuable commodity. That's when everyone, you know, really got into the idea that they could export these gloves to bigger cities. Yeah. And uh, and 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 make money. And but it was only after the Civil War, mm-hmm. eight, in the 1870s, that the the people from New York City and that they were in, involved in the garment industry discovered Gloversville, came up and started building factories here. Mm -hmm. So that's when glove making uh, really began to flourish here. And it went from a village of 1,300 people to a city of 13,000 people. That that was the great growth. But the name Gloversville was when the first post office was established in 1826. In the 1920s, uh, the population of Gloversville was about 25,000 people. Mm-hmm. And when I was growing up here, you know, many years ago, glove manufacturing was going on all over the city. It was bustling. You couldn't walk down the street without hearing a sewing machine somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And when, when about would you say that that first started disappearing? It started disappearing like right in the early 1960s was when the, the, uh, the decline began. It, it was a, it was a gradual attrition, mm-hmm. but over the course of 30, 40 years after that, uh, glove making really declined dramatically in Gloversville. Mm. Yeah, Gloversville, it seems like such an, it really is the iconic epitome of, you know, the upstate New York town mm-hmm. that was so dramatically shaped by industry then had to deal with the consequences of that industry leaving and is now finding its, you know, second wind rebounding as this new type of community. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing a lot of that right? with new people coming in, right? Right, exactly. Um, we have had uh, an influx of people, you know, professional people, people who can work from home from other places, even, you know, uh, out of state. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in quite a few, you know, it's really in large numbers, actually. Yeah. It hasn't really crested yet, but um, uh, we have had a, a variety of people, professional people, moving uh, into the city, into our neighborhoods mm-hmm. uh, from far away uh, because of, you know, really the location of Gloversville is so, so mm-hmm. ideal. Yeah. We are right in the foothills of the Adirondacks. Within 15 minutes, mm-hmm. you can be on the shores of a pristine lake. Uh, the forest to the north is 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 tremendous, and then to to the south, the Mohawk Valley, this very fertile valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the um, the environment here, the, the 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 weather here, the the climate, and um, the way the, the community is situated as a small community that's very cohesive, that has a very walkable downtown. Um, it's kind of ideal. Yeah, yeah. Um, the thing that we've had to suffer from is that we're off the beaten path. Mm-hmm. We're ten miles north of the thruway, but we're overcoming that because uh, I think people are seeking some of that isolation. Yeah, uh, a little bit uh, in uh, today in the twenty first century. Mm-hmm. So that history has really been the reason why that industrial past is where all of these brownfield sites come from. These former tanneries, and now a brownfield site is one of these large or abandoned or potentially dangerous structures where there is some risk or potential risk to the health or safety of the residents nearby. And so the EPA has this program that allows funding to be dispersed to um, different communities or different applicants for it. This is all hat for us, but just want to remind any listeners out there about what's going on with Brownfield's HRP Associates. We get contracted to do work, whether it be environmental assessments or potential remediation or cleanup along the way. Now, if you've seen some of the other content that HRP has put out with Gloversville, you'll know that we've been through the initial phases of the Brownfields program here. And what we want to talk about today is the current status and get some perspective from yourself as a municipal leader about how the Brownfields program is once you've started in a few years and you've made it to this phase. So what can you tell us about it? Yeah, well, it all started in 2019. We got uh, a citywide assessment grant, $300,000 grant from EPA. HRP, right from the beginning, was our consultants. And so we went through that $300,000 by doing 
assessments, phase one assessments, phase two assessments on our targeted brownfields, the former tanneries in our city. At the same time, we were establishing a BOA, which is a brownfield opportunity area with the state. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that BOA is, has been submitted to the state for approval. All of these brownfields are within that zone, that, that brownfield opportunity area, mm-hmm. which opens up opportunities for funding for redevelopment of those areas for future use. And just as we were completing that first 300000 we applied for an additional uh, grant for uh, citywide assessment, and we received that grant of $500,000 for additional assessments because assessments are you know, kind of expensive, and sometimes you can't fully assess or do a complete phase two without doing dem- demolition work. So we've been mm. able to to actually do some demolition work, taking down some of the old buildings in the in the tanneries on, yeah. on certain of these sites to enable us to really get into the ground and make sure that we have uh, full data on exactly what environmental uh, remediation is required. And so, um, and we're in the midst of administering that second grant. Yep. Now, what that does is it tees us up for applications to EPA for remediation money mm-hmm. to, to be able to uh, remediate some of these sites uh, and clean them up, actual, actually clean them up. This is something that has been, and I've said this before, mm-hmm. a brick wall between Gloversville and creating Gloversville as a 21st century community. And this is the first time that our city has been in a position to be able to actually attack and clean up these sites and reuse them Mm -hmm. for 21st century uses. New housing, recreational facilities, uh, clean industry, uh, the things that make a uh, a community successful in in the new world in the in the new century, and so um, we're really excited because now the doors are open for us to actually um, reinvent the city of Gloversville. Yeah, uh, as as a uh, a flourishing, thriving community in the future, and uh, because of our location that I mentioned before. Uh, I think that, that that future is very, very bright if we can, you know, get through these hurdles yeah. of, of reusing uh, our sites. And now there are many developers that are really looking for these sites because it's not only the opportunity for the city to clean up sites, but a developer can key into very lucrative tax credits mm-hmm. connected with environmental remediation for you know, their, their project. So these uh, former tanneries that nobody wanted to touch, for, yeah. nobody wanted to even touch it with a 10-foot pole uh, in the past, now could be places that are very attractive to new development, attractive to uh, major investment from developers. You know, driving up here from Connecticut, I am always struck by just how gorgeous the the Mohawk Valley is. Um and you know, I have a friend who lives in Boston who came out here for um, some uh, caving activities up here in the Mohawk Valley and uh, was so struck by how beautiful it is, just decided that you know this is kind of where she wants to end up. So it really does um, draw in people from all over the place. Yeah, it's, it's, it's true. The, the natural beauty. Mm-hmm. Uh, of the area is is really really kind of unique in the country and, and even in the world. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of traveling in my life. I was in the army overseas, and I was uh, um, I did extensive traveling in Europe. And um, you know, you come home and you, you think, you know, there's really nothing like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, how green it is, mm-hmm. how uh, lush the forest is, uh, how fertile the land is. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's just beautiful. Um, Governor Hochul was here to announce our award of the Downtown Revitalization Initiative. Mm-hmm. And in her speech here in Gloversville, she talked about the new chip fab that has be, being relocated to Onondaga County in the, the Syracuse area. It's a, it's a $100 billion investment in a new chip uh, fabrication facility mm-hmm. uh, to the west of here in Onondaga County. Yeah, And she talked about 
her conversations with the people there, they were all set to build that chip fab in Texas. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and they came to her uh, and she said, I think they were just coming to me just to be polite, yeah. she said. And she said to them, so have you seen the Finger Lakes? Have you actually seen the Adirondacks, mm-hmm. she said? You know, your people, you're, you're, you're talking about 30,000 people that are going to be employed here in your company. She said, they're going to live in a place that is one of the most beautiful places in the country. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they took a second look and, um, and they chose uh, New York. That's great. That's fantastic. Uh, I, I mean, she... Uh, just the natural beauty here is yeah, yeah. is really spectacular. It's breathtaking. Absolutely, and Gloversville is such a great example of uh, historic architecture that's been preserved too. I mean, you see so many of these you know, wonderful structures that are still here in a beautiful uh, downtown as well. Yeah, you know, during there was an era in the 1960s and 70s that uh, most cities, small and mid-sized cities, went through that urban renewal. Mm-hmm. time when all of the old Victorian stuff was demolished and they wanted to uh, make everything look suburban. So they so they demolished all these things. And in Gloversville, there was some of that. There was an urban renewal agent, agency, but it was a very small project. Mm-hmm. And I think at the time, the, the you know, the, the, the administration in Gloversville was kind of behind the curve and they just said, okay, we'll, we'll do this, but we'll We'll do it on a very small scale. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, a small area to the west of Main Street that was sort of devastated by urban renewal. Yeah. And now we're in the process of filling that in with new construction. Mm-hmm. And um, I always said, you know, it's a good thing that they really didn't get into urban renewal with both feet back yeah, yeah. in the 60s <laughs> because they would have devastated all of the historic buildings on Main Street, all of those buildings were built in the 1870s, 1880s, mm-hmm. uh, and some of them right around the turn of the, of the 20th century, and and they're all still there. And 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 the the original Victorian streetscape, the the configuration of streets is has not been obliterated. It's still there. Mm-hmm. And so now we have that beautiful history, that beautiful heritage to build on. Mm-hmm. Uh, to create a, a, a new city in in uh, in in, uh, in the context of these historic structures. Fantastic. So let's talk now a little bit about some of the specific sites in, in Gloversville and their status. Yeah. Okay. There's a couple of them that I'd like to mention. One of them is Tradition Leather. It's a, it's a we call it the Tradition Leather site. It was JBF Industries Tradition Leather, but it's up on the north end of the city. It's on West 11th Avenue. And um, and it was the site of a tannery. Mm-hmm. And it is along the, the, the waterfront. The Cayadetta Creek runs right through the center of this property. And the property is about a half a block uh, of, of land. It's, it's, it's quite extensive. About, I, I want to say about four years ago, four or five years ago, there was a fire in the old tannery in the wood frame structure on the tannery and just uh, uh, recently we've cleaned up all of the debris from that tannery we've taken uh, we've taken title to the property and uh, we're now right in the process of doing the phase two environmental assessment mm-hmm. on that site so we've got the waterfront the creek and we've got this large flat area and directly across the street to the north is Kingsborough Elementary School. Yes, yeah. And and so this uh, and and to, in every direction from this sort of devastated uh, former tannery are uh, stable residential neighborhoods, one and two family houses, owner occupied mostly, uh, in 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 just about every direction from there. So. Uh, now we're we, we've envisioned the, the idea of establishing this as a residential area. So once it's cleaned up to the highest standards, uh, you know, once phase two is done, we're going to be either cleaning this up mm-hmm. or we're going to be handing it off to a developer 
who will take advantage of the of the uh, environmental remediation tax credits yeah. and develop this into housing. Uh, and we're we're talking about a variety of housing types. One of the things that my feeling is that these should be extremely energy efficient, low carbon footprint homes that can be marketed to young families. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because of the elementary school right there, mm-hmm. it would be perfect for that. So starter homes for young families. It could also be, uh, th- there's a one building on the site that was very solid that we didn't demolish because it could it was available for adaptive reuse. That's a solid building that could be developed into apartments for you know young couples or for seniors. The area is big enough that you know you could have a variety of different types of housing, row housing, attached housing, or even apartments. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, you know our our idea is uh, a neighborhood that uh, increases the population of the city dramatically. Yes, uh, yeah. an opportunity for young families to get their foot in the door with home ownership, and uh, and increases the value of every residential neighborhood around it yes uh because the existence of the old tannery here has been a drag on that that value Mm -hmm. uh for years and years so it's a real transformation for that whole north end neighborhood of the city absolutely uh and so that's that that's something that uh you know we're hoping with our relation our continued relationship with epa and uh, with the help of hrp we'll be able to to get we we actually have had several capable, experienced developers that have expressed an interest, and we've given them a tour, and this is always on the tour. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, and the other uh, property that I want to talk about is this is really interesting property because it's kind of, it it extends from almost very close to the center of downtown Mm -hmm. off to the west. Mm. And it's kind of a finger of land that goes off to the west. And we call it the crescent because the whole property is kind of in the shape of a crescent. And it's an industrial crescent that uh, was the the rail yard for the railroad is part of it. And that's city owned. That runs north and south. And then what runs to the west is... um, uh, the a tributary to the Cayadetta Creek, the West Mill Creek that comes in from the west. Mm-hmm. And along that creek w- were several tanneries, you know, uh, Colonial Tanning and Lavore's uh, Tanning t- to the west of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing about that is, is it's, it's always been a very uh, old industrial area, tanneries, uh, but but the that that finger of land is only about a block a block and a half wide, and both to the north and to the south of that is residential mm-hmm. one and two family houses mostly owner occupied. Um, you know they, they the closer the the closer the housing gets to the industrial area the less value it has. Yeah. Right. So. What we are hoping to do is establish uh, a corridor there that it will be mixed use. Mm -hmm. And when I say mixed use, I'm talking about a little higher density, new residential so that, you know, you have a variety of different types of apartments, higher density residential interspersed with recreational. So the bike path that runs north and south in Glovers, we have a uh, what we call a linear park, the FJ&G Rail Trail. Mm-hmm. And it's a bike path that goes all the way through the city from north to south. Now what we want to do is extend to the west uh, the, an extension of that bike path that goes out to the west and, and off you know, into the countryside to the west of the city yeah. where we have um, a lot of recreational opportunities out there. There's a... Uh, there's there's bike trails at the Peck Hill Forest and up in uh, Caroga Lake, a lot of biking up there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, so the corridor becomes not only recreational and residential at the same time, but also we can allow commercial and light industrial in, mm-hmm. in the area. 
so that you have those clean cottage industries that the 21st century is very famous for. Yeah. Uh, you know, what they call the creative class, mm-hmm. you know, where people are creating, you know, unique commodities in their own uh, spaces. So you have live work spaces and that type of thing. Yeah. So you have that 21st century creative economy, uh, a lot of recreational and also uh, the residential, the, the variety of residential that uh, people uh, are very attracted to these days. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's the one area that um, I think uh, I'm most interested in because the result is so imaginative and so now, so yeah. 21st century. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so what other sites do we have? Well, there's a, there's a real interesting site uh just to the south of the, the tradition leather site is a, a, um, an area that, that used to be Reisdorf Tannery. Yep. And uh, it's, uh, it has two ponds on it. And it has one building on it that's uh, okay for adaptive reuse. And then to the north of that is, this, is kind of a fairly steep slope of wooded land. And it's, it's land that has never been developed. And it goes up to the top of a hill where there is an overlook where you can see the entire city. Yeah. And that you, that was the spot where the old reservoir was that was built in 1924. And it was a, uh, and that reservoir is, is, is empty now. And it's, uh, it, and it's, it looks like a stadium. It looks like the, uh, uh, like when you look down into it, uh, it, it looks like you're looking into one of these old, old ancient, Greek or Roman theaters. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and and there's a possibility of creating a, a scenic overlook up at the top. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing is, uh, the, the vision for that, we got a technical assistance grant from EPA, yeah. which we did, and uh, the, the highest and best use of that entire area would be recreational. Multi-use recreational facility. And so um, we're looking at Restoring the ponds, being able to make those available for fishing, and uh, doing inter- interpretive trails through the wetlands near, near at the bottom of the hill. Readapting the one open building to indoor recreation so that you could have rock climbing wall and uh, some other uh, uh, indoor facilities, pickleball and tennis and, and paddleball, those types of things. You know, there would be cross-country ski trails all the way up the hill through the forest, mm-hmm. uh, bike paths so that in the summer it can be used for cycling and, uh, and, and hiking. Uh, in the winter, it could be used for cross-country skiing. There's a place that you could have a zip line from the, from the, the top all the way down. Mm. There's <laughs> uh, a place where you could have uh, you know, s- a snowboarding area. And up at the top, you could, have, you could re- redevelop uh, that old reservoir into, uh, you know, skateboard park, uh, theater for concerts, mm-hmm. that type of thing, and actually have a scenic overlook up there. So it's, it's, uh, it, it sounds like it could be a real center for recreational, uh, uh, you know, activities regionally, yeah. you know, if, if, if it was done correctly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, of course, in all the areas around it, uh, the streets that are that are around there, and the the, the houses and, and all of that, you know, you could have Airbnbs, you could have uh, you know areas where, um, you know, you could have a couple of restaurants in that area. Mm-hmm. It it really could redevelop that area from uh, what used to be, uh, you know, a tannery and the and the houses and the people who of of the people who worked in the tannery to something really really attractive yeah yeah well great it's great to hear that we're making you know progress on these sites here so i guess to close this out in this segment what advice would you give to your fellow mayors to other community leaders to people who are uh looking after or administering these grants who are about to enter into the phase at which gloversville finds itself now my words are nothing but but encouragement Mm -hmm. uh we have been so lucky to um, you know to have been awarded these grants. We're, we're extremely lucky with uh, our association with HRP, 
Um, they're, uh, they've been wonderful all along the way. And, um, uh, and they've opened doors for us that have ne really never been open for Gloversville before. Mm. In any community, you know, small cities especially, you know, you, you, you know, the, um, the process of, uh, of applying for major grants from a large organization like EPA mm -hmm. or from state agencies is, can be very daunting because they're competitive grants. But once you are successful at these grants and once you, uh, you know, get through the administration of a grant successfully, mm -hmm. um, you know, it becomes a lot less mysterious. Yeah. And and the doors that it opens up for future development are uh, are enormous mm. uh, and uh, and and numerous and, and well worth it. Yeah. Uh, because there are so many incentives now, tax incentives, uh, monetary incentives from both state and federal government today mm -hmm. for redevelopment of small cities uh, that were ne that have never been there before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, really, you know, the, the idea of economic development from the state and, uh, and state and federal level mm -hmm. have always been, you know, toward large industry and it really, you know, developing, uh, you know, large organizations. Uh, and now they're realizing the value of the livable community, mm -hmm. the value of a community to be walkable with a high quality of life that's a beautiful place to live. Yeah. And so all of our old industrial cities are, should now be taking advantage of the opportunity to reinvent themselves, to look at their community with new eyes yeah. uh, and to see that the potential for um, uh, just a, a, a new type of development in the 21st century. Fantastic. Well, Mr. Mayor, thanks for joining us today on this work hard section. For those of you out there, remember to join us for the Play Hard section. We're going to take a little stroll through downtown Gloversville and give you a look at this uh, historic and wonderful little city. Hey everybody, welcome to the Play Hard section. As promised, we are here with Mayor Vince DeSantis in Gloversville, getting the tour of downtown and showing you some of the, the great architecture, the beautiful scenery, and the scenic beauty of small town small city in upstate New York. So I just want to highlight a couple of things at this corner. Yeah. Right here is uh, the Eccentric Club. Yeah. It's kind of an exclusive social club. It's, uh, uh, it's been in existence for a very long time, well over a century. Mm -hmm. And uh, they actually did uh, some uh, historic restoration on the exterior and, uh, and the interior. It's a, it's a, a, a really great asset to the downtown yeah they have events here uh, every week um, and it's uh, um, it's it's a real asset to the city and on this corner you know we were sort of at the north end of the the central part of the commercial area yeah it, the main street goes all the way up uh, price chopper is up that way wow. about maybe a um, less than a mile and uh, and, and quite a bit of um, you know commercial development on that side but the main commercial development is this way mm -hmm. and so you see that there are multi uh unit apartment complexes here and over on across the street is what what used to be the gloversville high school back in the day it was structurally unsound it had to be taken down so the new building is a an apartment uh, complex it has 37 one-bedroom apartments for seniors and it was actually built to mock the uh, style of the old high school yeah. as it was built in, in, in 2001. And off to the right was the junior high school, yeah. and it extends that way. That is market rate housing, uh, and it's been absolutely full. The, the, the demand for market rate housing close to downtown uh, has been increasing dramatically over the last several years. And so um, here you have really affordable housing for seniors next to market rate housing um, which are both very very successful yeah. they, they, you know they actually have waiting lists for apartments wow. so uh, you know people uh, are looking for uh, places that are very walkable that were, are within downtown 
yet are upscale enough to, you know, uh, have that old look to them. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So as we go down, we're going to come across a couple of developments. I want to I want to highlight the next building down is uh, this used to be the Montgomery Ward's store. Okay. And you can see that there's a metal front on it. Yes. This has just recently been purchased by uh -huh. a, um, a local person who is actually going to be manufacturing high-end kitchen cabinets ah. in this building. Wow. And he wanted the building to be on Main Street because he wanted a showroom and offices and a place for people to come in and shop yes yeah. right off the sidewalk uh and in in the same facility in the back will be the the, the people can actually see the cabinets being manufactured uh -huh. so uh so he's really uh, at the point of delivering uh all the machinery that's required so here we're talking about that 21st century manufacturing absolutely very clean manufacturing connected with commercial yeah uh so that's kind of the new mode you know back in the 70s they were talking about oh yeah we have to do all the manufacturing way over here yes we have to do all the shopping way over here and you have to live way over there yeah so everybody was in their cars all the time yeah now people don't want to be in their cars they want to be walking around they want to see all this interesting stuff exactly bringing it back <laughs> into the downtown makes you're bringing back the community that was built around them. right exactly there's a loading dock in the back, so it's a perfect building for that. And when it was on Montgomery Wars, there's a mezzanine, and then there's a third floor, a yeah. complete third floor to it, which uh, is gonna be converted to other uses. So you can see that there are apartments, there are places in the, in the back of this historic building here uh -huh. is a large apartment building yeah. that is occupied also. And this is Argusinger's. The Argusinger's building used to be a department store. Three floors, department store, elevator inside. Yeah. Uh, it's now offices uh, all the way up. And um, uh, there, there's a, a plan of putting part of it into apartments uh, because Again, the demand for living downtown yeah. is, is much greater than it was in the past. Morning. Hi, Jen. <laughs> and uh, across the street is the Burton Block. This is an interesting building. Uh -huh. I was recently in the building and took a tour inside the building. The owner is looking for the opportunity to redevelop this as a combination of housing and recreational upstairs because there used to be a gym up on the third floor. Mm -hmm. Uh, the third floor is, is divided into two sides. One is a, a, a performance area and the other is a gym on the other side. But uh, all around the outside of the building, there's the opportunity to establish housing. Yeah. Uh, and then redeveloping the first floor, um, bringing it back to the historic front that, uh, that existed originally. So um, that's a project that there's been recently some interest in doing. We have downtown a historic district. Oh, for sure. And what that is, uh, everything is in, within that district uh, has to be reviewed by the Historic District Review Board. In other words, the colors that you have to, you know, or the signage and all of that has to comport with that 19th century look. This is called Castelline Park. Uh, Dunday's Clothing. This is a men's clothing store that has been in existence for a long time. I, my mom bought our school clothes here when I was a kid. So you can tell that it's still quite a long time. And so uh, it still operates as a clothing store. It's uh, very successful. Um, uh, Joe Gillis, the owner, does a lot of business online. So, I mean, that's opened up a tremendous opportunity for retail yeah. to have an online presence. I think he said about 50% of his uh, sales are done online. This was originally City Hall, so we still wow. call it Old City Hall. Yeah. Now it's in mixed use, so that there are developed apartments on the upper floors. The third floor and the second floor fully occupied by tenants. Yeah. The first floor is a one of our DRI projects to be redeveloped as the, into a bakery and restaurant. Mm. So it would be a family restaurant on the first floor. This uh, building uh, next to us here on the right is one of my favorite buildings. It's yeah. called the Getman Block. It used to be uh, Martin & Naylor, which was a department store. 
and uh, and now it's it's you know being used for retail. The upper stores are are vacant right now, yeah. but they have a lot of potential. It's a uh, those upper floors, are, that second floor is completely open with wood floors and the third floor is, I think it's still cut up into rooms, but you know, the potential of having residential upstairs is really enormous. One of our main goals is to have all of these upper floors occupied as residential. Um, right now we're directly across the street from the Glove Theater. The Glove Theater was built in 1914. It was a vaudeville uh, destination and uh, and, it, and so it's pretty historic uh, it was a movie house uh, our, our movie theater right up until 1974 when it closed and then in 1995 uh, a group of citizens got together uh, formed a nonprofit and uh, and reopened the theater. They went in there with volunteer labor and they cleaned it all out. It was in terrible shape. Ever since that, ever since 1996, 97, uh, it has continuously been opened. Uh, and, and just recently, uh, it uh, obtained a uh, $2 million grant from the DRI and then another $2 million Restore New York grant on top of that. So now the Glove Theater is in the throes of planning a $4 million restoration of the interior. So even though it's been open for public performances for the last, what, 25 years, yeah. uh, it, uh, it now is, it actually uh, has the wherewithal to be able to, to, uh, to, to really up the game to a, a truly uh, multi-use performance facility. It's fantastic. You know, it's uh, we we we've had movies there, uh, and it's got a great group of volunteers and board members uh, that really put in a lot, uh, a lot of effort. It's uh, so it's it's a, it's the center of a lot of enthusiasm in our our downtown. Yeah, and it could be a real anchor. And then directly across the street from that is the carriage house. This is a DRI project. Um, it has uh, funding from the DRI of $2 million plus a Restore New York grant of $1.5 million so that it becomes a, um, uh, a brew pub on the first floor. Uh, and then uh, there'll be a, on the second floor, um, there's, there's gonna be a, a banquet hall in, in part of the second floor and then apartments in the back, and then the whole third floor will be apartments. So the, the total will be seven apartments in the building upstairs. And, uh, and of course, uh, a, a major, uh, quite a large restaurant on the first floor. You know, for a mid-morning Wednesday, it's quite a busy, lively downtown, you know? For those of you out there still listening, make sure to get over to the YouTube channel and take a look at the town here, some really beautiful structures here. Like, love the, yeah, the look right of this right the here. Street. Now, this is probably uh, one of the most historic buildings in the city. Yeah. If not the most historic. It's it's called Memorial Hall. It was originally the Casson Opera House. The entire second floor and third floor was a huge auditorium and opera house. Uh, so right now, th there's an interesting story to this building. What, what happened was this building was in foreclosure. It, there was a lot of damage, water damage on the inside. And so the co-op, the food co-op, established itself in 2009. And it was in a small space up the street. And uh, it, it talked the foreclosing agency into allowing us to go in there and redevelop this one space. And so the whole co-op moved into this whole space. They gave us a very, very low rent of about $400 a month for the space. And we expanded the space dramatically. And it was beautiful. We did all the floors over again and we, and we uh, and put it together. Then I can remember being in there myself because yeah. I was part of the, the co-op's <laughs> you know, uh, you know, initial membership. And, um, and one of my friends who's a realtor came in and said, you have to buy this building. What we did was we formed an LLC and we uh, appealed to the community 
to buy shares in the LLC and become partners, 100 shares, $5,000 a share. So that ended up, we ended up raising a half a million dollars and uh, and start and, and took title to the to the property for about seventy thousand dollars and started the restoration and that same LLC with the same fifty or so owners mm -hmm. still owns this building today. The entire first floor is completely rented. The entire second floor is completely rented, and the third floor is a DRI project for artists co-working space. Mm. So it's, it's a real success story. During that whole time from 2011 to now, it has not borrowed one dime in money. Yeah. It's only used the investments and the wherewithal of, you know, the, 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 the expertise of the people in it. Mm. So this is, these four buildings in a row uh -huh. are all owned by one entity. Yeah. And it's, it used to be the City National Bank, which was uh, a, a local bank. Uh -huh. And uh, when they went out, NBT Bank took over and then they sold the property. So this is the subject of a $750,000 Restore New York grant yeah. to, to redevelop. As you can see, the owner uh, did, did some work to stabilize the structures, but uh -huh. you know we're hoping for uh, a major change here. I can't speak to that right now because it's still in the throes of, of but we're, we're hoping for, uh, you know, a major transformation here uh, and enlivening this, this whole space. Uh, right now it's, it's empty, but as you can see, being maintained. This is a, uh, a barbershop. It's owned by um, Mike Medina and it's been really really successful mike's barbershop has been he does wonderful things for the community he gives kids haircuts at school time you know school you get free haircuts if you come in and read a book you get a free haircut uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> those, those kinds of things. yeah so uh but and, and it's it's been a super success story for for him and and for us you know, yeah. we just love it this the uh, Chamber of Commerce? Yeah, the Chamber, it's the Chamber, of, this is the home for the Chamber of Commerce for two counties, both Fulton County and Montgomery County yeah. together. Uh, we're really happy to have them right here in downtown Gloversville. Oh, I'm sure, And yeah. they're happy to have a beautiful spot like that Yeah, quite the well. structure. Yeah, yeah, that was originally the Fulton County National Bank. Uh-huh. Okay, so we've arrived at the Four Corners. This is the uh, this actually the, 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 the epicenter of the community yeah. of the city of Gloversville. As you can see, this is Fulton Street, uh -huh. and it's uh, New York Route 29A. It goes from east to west. Yeah. And it's, uh, and it's a very traveled lane because people coming into the area, they go up to the lakes uh, to the west there. Route 10 and Route 29A goes right up to Caroga Lake, Canada Lake, Hex Lake. Uh, and all the way up to Paseco Lake. So yeah. it's a, in, in, in a very short time. And, um, and in addition to the Chamber of Commerce right at the corner, you'll see a building right over here. This is, used to be the Leader Herald. This was our local newspaper. Yeah, yeah. Now the Leader Herald went out of business just a few years ago. And that building is being purchased by Samco Inc., a glove manufacturer. Oh. <laughs> and it gets lots of orders for uh, government orders for, for gloves, and they are upgrading all of their machinery. The city just applied for a, a grant for them to buy um, state-of-the-art uh, machinery, sewing machines and all of that. They have about 30 people that work there. They will be moving in like real soon. I think the the closing is uh, is August 31st, so it's it's you know less than two weeks from now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and they'll be occupying the first, second, and even third floor, I think, with uh, their operations, and actually manufacturing gloves. <laughs> Again, awesome. right in the middle of Gloversville, How which great is, is really, it, I, I you know it's it's just a, a wonderful adaptive reuse, and I, you know, and I I can remember, uh, you know, saying to Ron Peters. I look forward to being able to hear the sound of sewing machines from the sidewalk because 
it'll be bring me back to my childhood. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> so that's it's it's a real a real story. This is one of my favorite projects in the entire DRI. Yeah, and maybe one of my favorite projects in the entire city. Mm -hmm. This is. Uh, it's a it's a plaza. It used to be the Latour building here. Yeah. And it broke our hearts because it was a historic building, but it was so structurally unsound that we had to demolish it. Yeah. But once it was down, uh -huh. and once I saw the size of this space, I fell in love with it. This is the perfect urban square. Yeah. Urban plaza. Uh -huh. And so we're developing this into what we now call Latour Plaza, but. Uh, we'll probably, you know, pick a different name name for it, but uh, this will be a plaza. It'll be probably one step up from the sidewalk. As you can see, the floor levels. Mm -hmm. We're going to try to to meet the floor levels. It's going to have trees and a plaza with movable seating and everything. And toward the back, there will be a lawn and a stage, mm. so that we'll be able to um, show movies. We'll be able to have plays we'll be able to do um, music. Yeah. And so it'll be a lively space for public events. Mm. And then it increases the value of both sides, of all the property on e either side. Mm -hmm. We've just recently reached out because we're in the planning stages of, of planning the details of the new plaza. Yeah. So we've reached out to these owners on the side and they're so enthusiastic about it. Mm -hmm. uh, as you can see, the new owner of the building on West Fulton Street there that, that backs onto this used to be a bank. You can see by the vault back there. Yeah. Uh, you can see that he's up there on the second floor with an umbrella table. Uh -huh. <laughs> he's done, you know, the, the, the carbon or the, uh, the copper flashing. You can see the roof is all redone over on this side. Mm -hmm. I think it'll be one of the most used public areas and it, in, it will enliven this whole area commercially. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, uh, on, on the south end. Uh, new owners of other buildings on both sides of the street on South Main Street. So uh, it really, um, uh, you know, we, we expect this to be a destination. To, to de once we're finished, mm -hmm. and I'm thinking by the end of 2024, the beginning of 2025, a lot of these projects will be completed yeah. and will be active and um, uh, it will increase the value of everything down here. So this is the entrance uh, part of our historic uh, library. library. Yes, and it's uh, it's a Carnegie Library. It was built in 1904. It's it's unique because it's in a Beaux Arts style. So it was com it was completely restored just a few years ago, and uh, and uh, it's. Um, now a state-of-the-art library. It's it's a it's the pride and joy of the community. Really, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of people come uh, that I've talked to are here as visitors and say, uh, you know, I, I want to see the library. I have heard all <laughs> about your your fantastic library. Gorgeous. But it's there's a there's a huge there's a, a glass domed atrium on the inside. Mm -hmm. uh, beautiful, uh, just a beautiful historic building, both okay. inside and out. Well, folks, if you uh, are able to make your way up to Gloversville, make sure to check it out. We're good. That's going to wrap it for us today. So glad you could join us. Mr. Mayor, so glad you could be with us today. Thank you. It's my, my privilege to do this. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah. All right, everybody, make sure you are subscribed, like the video, rated five stars if you are still listening out there. Thanks so much for being with us, and we will see you on the next one. Bye, everyone.